Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. And uh, turn in your Bibles over to uh, the book of Luke. We're going to be back in chapter 18, so hopefully this is something, um, again, the past, I don't know, month or so, um, we've spent time in Matthew 18. We looked through that entire chapter. And now we're in Luke 18, and Steve shared with us last week the beginning of Luke chapter 18. And, um, and we're going to continue going through this because here's what we want to do. We want to remember um, that uh, there's, a, there's a purpose, there's a reason as we, as we read God's Word. It's this idea of going, oh man, this is Jesus. He's actually teaching me real things for life. Like, like this is actually real stuff. And, and, and again, I keep going back to... If you, if you haven't watched a Mount Everest documentary, you got to go watch a Mount Everest documentary. I'm just saying, it's so good because it's just the, the idea of, of Jesus and he's saying, hey man, follow me. And we mess that all up, right? Because, because we go, oh man, it's just about all of these like rules and stuff. We're going, man, there isn't anything about his ministry that gets to that point. He's just like that Sherpa, right? It's just like, hey man, come on. Follow me and, and let me make you aware of the dangers going up here. I'm going to lead you through this. But I love that. Um, and remember, what we've been talking about is, is putting ourselves in a position um, to be taught and trained by Jesus. Right. And so that just requires really a posture of humility of going, OK, Jesus, you know how to do this. And, and we want to learn how to do this. You know, and I think one thing I'm convinced of more every year, I'm convinced of the thing that I don't really know how to do well is life. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not naturally a person who loves, right? What I, what I learned and what I was taught and what I subscribed to growing up was I loved if I was getting something, right? I was nice if I was getting something in return. But man, I'll tell you what, I made a mess of life. And so there's some reality to this. But before we jump in, uh, let's take a second. I really appreciated uh, Patrick just kind of slowing everything down. You know, it's, it's so easy, man, to just get going. Man, you know, and, and I love the terminology, just the productivity, just kind of like, hold on, let me, just, let me just take a deep breath here for a second, right? Let, let me remember, let, let me kind of get rid of all of those thoughts of, you know, oh man, I'm here and Jesus is so ashamed of me and I didn't do enough for him this week. And man, I'm such a, you know, and just going, man, let me just stop here for a second. And, and, and let me kind of just wrap my mind. But um, let's take a minute and pray right where you are. You got to talk to him. You know, that, that's the thing is, is um, you guys have been coming here long enough. If you're going, man, if, if I'm relying on Keith to preach this really great lesson, it's going to change my heart. You're going to be sorely disappointed probably, okay? But the thing is, is that Jesus can, right? And so that really starts out, I love this, this helps me, with me just saying, hey, Jesus, we got to have a talk because there's not always, I, want, I don't always want to hear what he has to say, 
right? Sometimes I'm in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm in a rebellious mood. And just being able to have a conversation and go, okay, help me out here. Like, let me hear what you want me to hear, right? So let's take a minute. Go ahead and pray right where you are, and then we'll continue on. Father, uh, as we open up your word, uh, we want to be changed. Uh, Please give us courage. Please give us honesty to look into our own hearts, Father. And and, and we just pray for, Father, trust that we that we trust that you aren't um, just messing with us, Father, but that you really are leading us to um, a life um, reconnected with you, learning to love people well, Father. Um, learning more and more about what your good news is. Father, I pray that our hearts are changed, that it's not just information we're gathering. Uh, We want to be changed. We want to help each other change, Father. And just thank you for letting us read your Bible and uh, help us to read it with with intentionality and focus. Uh, Thanks again. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so actually I told you to turn to Luke 18. Turn over to Luke chapter 1. Okay, because Steve did this. I thought this was really great. Uh, What's really important to remember is, first of all, it's very easy when you're reading the Gospels, really reading anything, you're going, why is this guy writing this? (laughs) Right? Like, like, is this just this, like, greatest hits of Jesus that he's just, like, throwing out there, and there's no real rhyme or reason behind it, right? But it's great because Luke... uh, a traveling, Luke knew Paul, right? He was a traveling companion of Paul. Luke was a physician. And it's important for us to understand why did Luke write what he wrote? Because remember, Luke is not just the author of Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts, okay? And most people really think that those were one like set of writings, like they were all written together, okay? Um, But he tells us explicitly, that's what's so great about this, Luke Chapter 1, verse 1, he writes, Many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us. It seemed good to me also, since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honorable Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. And so Paul is going, man, I want to help people out to be certain that what I'm writing, I went and talked to eyewitnesses. I went and talked, and he writes up here, he says, actually, there's a lot of people trying to write this story of Jesus's life and early Christianity says there's a lot of people that have tried to do this but Luke said I went through and I orderly and investigative and I wanted the goal to be that when the reader reads this that we would go man I'm absolutely certain because this isn't like an opinion it's and and it's one of my favorite things that I love about this because I think about you know if you if you just picture Luke you don't have to know what he looks like but if you just picture this guy and he's a part of this early church movement, okay, that's just planting churches everywhere. And can you imagine, you know, Luke comes up and there's Peter, the apostle. And he's like, he's like, Peter, come here, man. Tell me some things about Jesus that you saw. Like, t- tell me some of your stories, right? John, come here and tell me some of, like, the eyewitnesses. I want to know what you saw, right? 
And, and it's just, it would be, I mean, I can't imagine sitting there and hearing that because Luke wasn't an eyewitness. All right. So it's even more important that he's like, no, I have to have, I've, this has got to be credible. You know, what's interesting is, is, is there's some thought to believe that Luke and Acts together was actually written as a legal defense for Paul when he was in jail. All right. So at the end of Paul's life, he was in jail. And some people believe that this was written to present that Paul's not guilty of anything. In fact, this is absolute certainty of what he's doing. He's doing the right thing. Right. And so there's this certainty that goes along with it. And so we jump all the way over to Luke chapter 18, because um, as Jesus teaches, we've we've covered a whole lot of these teachings of Jesus where he's just training us. And and again, I don't know what you picture in your mind when you think of the training of Jesus. You know, we're sitting in a in a room with like tables in front of us. It's kind of like a corporate like a training room, you know, and it's so easy to think. Was this what it was like? Was this what it was like? Like just kind of, and, and, and I'm thinking, man, these are guys who, man, they, they were walking around with Jesus, you know, road trips, camping, talking across the campfire, just learning about life and going, man, how great would that be? And, and, and you have right here in Luke 18, Jesus begins uh, this, this section of teaching. So, What's important to remember here, though, is what, what Patrick brought up. It, from the jump, from the beginning, to have in our minds, what is this thing that's the gospel? Right? And, and, and not just like, you know, religious jargon. Okay? That's not, it's not, it's even, gospel's not even a religious word. Right? It literally means the announcement, the good news of announcing a new king. That's what it means. All right. And so that's what the gospel is. Here's the announcement of Jesus coming to his kingdom, that Jesus actually is coming to earth and saying, OK, the time is now. He's saying he's the king. You go, well, why is that good news? Right. Kings and people in authority and people in power, they tend to abuse people and they tend to take advantage of people and oppress people for their own good. But then you learn about Jesus and, and you go, hold on. Why is this such good news? You mean you mean the king is here? And he's not here to oppress me. And he's, he's here on a rescue mission. Like he's here after all I've done to go, no, 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 come with me. And we're like, oh, don't you hold a grudge? Doesn't the king hold a grudge? He's like, no, 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 follow me. Right? And you're going, man, this is good news. This is really good news because we do. We get caught up in, in kind of weirdness with all of these different things, whether it's politics or whatever. And so we have Jesus here. And we're going to pick up in verse 9. Okay, Luke chapter 18 Verse 9, and so he tells them this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and who looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to the temple complex to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this. God, thank you that I'm not like other people. Greedy, unrighteous adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified 
rather than the other because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So if you've heard this parable before, there's not a big surprise, like you knew what was coming. But if this was the first time you read this, you would think, hold on a minute, there's a Pharisee and a tax collector going to the temple to pray? See, the Pharisee makes sense. He's a religious leader, right? In our context, we go, oh man, religious leaders, they must have it on straight, right? Like, like we don't have to examine. We don't have to, it's just, man, they're, they're there, right? And that's, Jesus is going, hold on a minute, let me turn the tables a little bit here. Because he introduces this character of a tax collector. And if you know anything about tax collectors, they were essentially like traitors to their own people. It, it, was, it was Jewish uh, people who are working for Rome and extracting taxes from the people. And, 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 and oftentimes the taxes aren't just, they're not right. They're, they're, they're taking what is necessary to take. And then they also get to decide their income that they want to take from you as well. So you can imagine if somebody came to your door and said, hey, the government expects $100 right now, right? So that would make you angry enough if that guy came to your door. You wouldn't like that guy, especially like, let's say it's in your community. And you're like, well, Michael Hatton's that guy, <laughs> let's say. And he's collecting. Everybody's got 100 bucks. And, and he comes around and goes, 100. And, and he comes up to Ben's door and he goes, Ben, it's 3,000. He's like, isn't it 100? Well, I mean, my family's got to eat too. Well, by what authority? Rome. <laughs> Give me your money, right? I mean, how long would it take before people are going, Mike, anytime we saw Michael, we'd be like, I can't stand that guy. Like, like he's a traitor, right? I just pick Michael because he can handle this. It's all right. It's good. So this is the story Jesus is telling, right? And he says, hold on a minute. You have this guy, and can you imagine the Pharisee? And he's going, Man, God, thank you. So what's good about that? The guy is grateful. <laughs> right? We got to give him a little credit. At least he's like going down. Uh-oh. What's he grateful for? <laughs> thank you, God, that I'm not like this guy. Thank you that I'm not like other people. Right? Can you imagine? He's verbalizing something in this parable, okay? He's verbalizing something in this parable that oftentimes me and you, it stays in our head. It really does. It stays in our head when we see behavior, we see people acting a certain way, or we see groups of people doing things. Really, I mean, it, that's what happens. But he's verbalizing this in this parable. He's making it verbal. Thank you that I'm not like this. And then he has this resume, right? And you're going, wow, he fasts two times a week? We just fast once a month. Man, he's better, right? This guy must really be close to God. Because he fasts and he gives money. And, and, and Jesus is going, no, no, no. See, here's the problem. He doesn't get it. See, see that's the thing about Jesus is do you, do you get Jesus here? Okay, because here's the question. As I was looking at this, I thought, really, here's a big question for us to ponder as we go through this. What exactly am I living for? Okay, what I mean by that is for the Pharisee, it's this idea of if I'm going to make much of myself and try to make myself look like something and be this person who's just like above and high and mighty and all of these things, you can have that in this lifetime. You can have that. You can live that way. But the shelf life is this lifetime. 
right? And Jesus is saying he didn't walk away justified. He didn't walk away okay in the sight of God. But here's this idea of, am I living my life for what's after death? That's, that's more. That's longer. That's better, right? That's where we get saturated. Patrick said it. That's where we get saturated in the gospel of going, you know what? Sometimes it stinks in this, in this world. It stinks sometimes. I don't get my way all the time. It's hard. There's suffering. There's bad things that happen, right? But having this idea of going, you know what? Me looking a certain way or me lying and not being honest and me not just being like wide open to, to who I am to God. It, it's just, listen, for me, not to, it's not worth it. It's going, man, let me, you, you know me. Let me just be wide open to you. And, and the tax collector is like, he's got some things. Like, man, I'm a thief, right? The people around me, they don't like me, right? And so Jesus, he turns this around. But again, as we read this, he goes, well, Jesus, why did you tell this parable? Why did you tell this parable? Because remember, Steve preached last week about the persistent widow. Hey, just keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying, okay? And again, as a group of people go, yeah, that's all you have to do is pray, 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 pray. And now he's going, hold up. Let's be thoughtful about what we're praying. Let's examine, like, what's coming out of me, okay? Is this, is, this is this idea of Jesus, I feel like fairly gently, like trying to draw some things out of us, and it may not be there, okay? I mean, that's the truth. You may be going, no, I'm not really like this guy. But I think for the most part, in stories that contrast somebody doing something like really devout and good and somebody doing something self-righteously, isn't it? I don't know, man. I mean, I think I'm probably that guy. I lean more towards the self-righteous guy, okay? It would be great for me to go, man, I, God, thank you that you made me like that tax collector. Well, <laughs> you know, let's, let's be honest now, okay? And so there's this idea, but here's the thing. You know, it's, it's, it forces us to stop, and, and that's the purpose of a parable. It, it forces us. There's not an easy answer, right? We, we've talked about this before. The beauty of Jesus' teachings isn't giving you the answer. It's the idea of here's the answer on the bottom, and you're going to dig through, and you're going to find the treasure. All right? That's the purpose of this parable. So you've got to dig through it. You've got to go, hold on a minute. Man, how would I know? How would I know if I'm like this guy? Because it seems to me, you know, I'm an, I feel like I'm an expert in me, okay? It seems to me that this would be very difficult, not just for me to examine, but for me to, to like, be honest about, of this idea. I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so prejudiced. I am so just self-righteous. I feel so much like I'm good enough for Jesus. Like, I'm good enough, right? I mean, how would we know, all right? And so I think a couple of things, and this is, this is what we take away from this, okay? This is kind of the shovel, because that's what we need. You got to have this shovel to dig through to find the treasure. And part of it is spending some time and going, hold on a minute. <laughs> Let me actually take account of my prayer life. Right? Let me take account of that. All right. And, and again, you might not find anything. OK, this isn't like me going, if you don't find something, you are so proud. No, 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 no. It, we, we've all got our stuff. Right. And so it's kind of like digging through and going, let me examine what I'm praying for and who I'm praying for. Why am I even praying? 
Well, what am I even asking of him? Am I just asking, make me something, make me something. And, and, and okay, but that's part of it. That doesn't give us all the answer. But, well, you have to keep digging, right? And, and there's the next step is, go, man, am, am I merciful to people? Right? I, I might be this Pharisee. I might have his, like, worldview about God. If I find myself not extending mercy to people, right? And we heard that in his voice. Thank you that I'm not like that guy. Like, there's, he, there would be no mercy. Like, I'm just grateful, God, that you didn't make me like him. And so, again, there's that examination, that digging process of going, do I ever show mercy to anybody? Right? Or, or is it just about, man, yeah, I'm coming down on you. That, that's an indicator, Right? That, that, that's, that's a piece of evidence to look into and go, man, how, how is this? I might be like this guy if I really, really, really love the approval of just people. All right, this may be hitting closer to home now. All right, th- this is something me and you can all kind of lock arm and arm into because you're really being honest going, man, isn't it great to have the approval of people? It is. It's, it's fantastic. All right. But it's the idea of like, man, if I'm just seeking after and, and let me construct something, this persona that people are like giving me this positive feedback, but it's not real. Okay. And, and you see this Pharisee going, man, thank you. I, we get a glimpse into how he's viewing him. Right. And so we kind of get this glimpse of how he is in life of just like, man, I'm so, man, I'm thankful, I'm so good, I'm righteous, I'm, I'm awesome, I'm, I'm, I, I, man, I'm super confident because, you know, instead of going, hold on a minute, um, am, am I, do I have to think about this, the, do, I, do I feast on the approval of men? And, and here's the thing is, I know, oh, this old guy right here, this is old guy Keith, all right, it's the like button, it's the heart that gets pushed. Right? It's the, who's liking me? We, we've done this before. Even the old guy has done this where you go and you put a picture and you start going through and you're like, oh, who, who loved this? Oh, they just liked it. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're, okay, for real, I think this way. As I'm looking, I'm like, does Patrick have a bad attitude about me or something? Because he liked it, but he didn't love it. <laughs> like, like, is he jealous? Right? And it's just this weird idea of this, uh, like, yearning. And here's the crazy thing is, we are all, man, being fooled and bamboozled by technology of, of, of addicting us to this idea of thumbs up and claps and, you know, all hearts and all of these things. We're being bamboozled into thinking, man, this is life. All right, if that were true, and, and I'm just using social media because it's so pervasive, If that were true, okay, if that idea worked to where it gave us life, our world would be a vastly different place. Our country would be a vastly different place because everybody is on this, engaging in this for the most part, yet we're not getting better, we're getting worse. That should tell us something, right? And so, man, am I I an approval addict, right? You know, you think about when, when I put up a false front, 
And again, it's this idea. It's not, it's not if, it's probably when. It's probably not, you know, hey, I, let me keep my eye out for that. It's, this is kind of like we enter in and out of this, and this is why we have to keep like a humble heart and relationships around us. But when I'm putting up like a facade, you know what I hate more than anything is correction. I don't like people correcting, especially. Okay, now when, I, when I'm just like okay with Keith, okay, Keith doing his best. Keith living out his faith. When I'm okay with messy Keith doing that, you're all right. When somebody corrects me, I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, you don't know what? No argument there. All right. I, I, I start hating correction when I'm like, you mean you saw behind that? Mm-mm. No. No, 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 no. And so it's just that idea of going, man, do I, it, maybe, maybe I don't even know if I like or dislike correction because, because maybe it's been in this place where nobody's even felt the ability to come in and give us correction like it's just been a standoff right there and so we're just again just digging through going could i be like this pharisee could, could i be like him even just a little bit right it didn't have to be exact but jesus is telling this story and he's saying listen there's something very important about this could i be this way which i think we know the answer could we be this way without ever saying the words okay turn over to romans chapter two all right let's let's look at this uh, because I think this is going to help us out in understanding this. Of Again, if we're sitting at the feet of Jesus and he's telling this story, he's like, hey, man, you got this tax collector in his family. And we're getting, we're going, man, what is he talking about? Is he talking about me? Is he talking about you? Right? If the group's small enough, you're thinking, man, I think he's talking about Sarah. That's what he's talking about. No, 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 man. He's talking about Jesenia. No, no. Oh, man, I knew that. I knew that he was. A, you know, I mean, you, you see this going on. I'm going, why are you teaching this? Romans chapter 2, uh, verse 17, this kind of gives this idea of how we can fool ourselves. Paul writes, if you call yourself a Jew um, and rest in the law and boast in God and know his will and approve of things that are superior, being instructed from the law, and if you're convinced that you're a guide for the blind, a light to those in darkness, an instructor of the ignorant, teacher of the immature, having the full expression of knowledge and truth in the law. Okay, so let's stop right there. He's talking about a Jewish population, right? Being very prideful about the law, okay? We can very easily take a step into Christianity and say, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself somebody who, can, who, who is a, a light to the blind and, and a guider of the ignorant and a teacher of the immature, if you call yourself that, if, you, if you're wearing this banner of disciple, I am a Christian, I follow Jesus. He says in verse 21, you then who teach another, don't you teach yourself? You who preach, you must not steal. Do you steal? You who say, you must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who detest idols, do you rob their temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? For as it's written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. All right, this is helping us hopefully examine and put some pieces together to go, okay, Jesus, I, I hear where you're coming from. I'm starting to see a picture of who I am and why you're teaching this. And he gives us this very important piece of 
do you tell people one thing and you don't even follow it? Okay, so, so the answer isn't to go, man, okay, I'm going to stop telling people to not follow. I'm, no, no, don't do that. Okay, <laughs> you know, I know the trick to that one. I'm going to stop like, no, no, no. It, it's this idea of examining like what's really going on in my life. You know, you know, it's very easy, very imperceptible. We, and we've all done this. I think this is something we can all relate to. You get angry at somebody about doing something. <laughs> and then you sit back for a second. And you're like, man, I do that. <laughs> I do that. But I give myself a break. Right? We, we often judge others by action and ourselves by intention. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's where we get off the hook is we're like, man, you know, KJ, man, he's such a jerk, and he's, you know, he doesn't even know what he's doing. And, and, and I'm going, man, I did the same thing, but I meant well. So it's not as bad. Instead of going, hold, he's saying, hold on, man. Okay? If, if you're doing this and you're not thoughtful enough, I find this happening often with my children. Okay? I find this happening often with my children, especially as they get older and they actually start their understanding. I can't like find the loopholes all the time. I could trick them when they were younger. Okay. And they're getting older and they're like, oh, hold on, dad. (laughs) You know, I I don't have normal preacher's kids. Right. I mean, most most preacher's kids are like, man, we got to make dad look good. You know, (laughs) my kids are like, hold up. I'm more than happy to share. Right. But that's, that's the thing is, is, is this is part of that of going, you mean I couldn't, I may not say the words the Pharisee's saying, but I'm living just like him. I have the same mentality as the Pharisee has, all right? And going, okay, okay, you're, you're making this case here, right? And hopefully we get to a place where we're going, okay, listen, I, I need to know where to go from here, <laughs> okay? Like I get it, because we could keep compiling the list. And I think what the evidence would show is that we are overwhelmingly like the Pharisee and that Jesus is taking this tax collector who's so, who's so easy to hate. And, and he's just kind of like stirring up the anger. For us, we're not angry at the tax collector. The original hearers would be angry. They'd be angry that Jesus said that this guy was saved and justified, right? And so you're going, okay, I'm, I'm ready to hear. What do I need to hear? We're in Romans 2 already. Let's look at verse 1, okay? Because again, we start remembering, <laughs> isn't this very easy to happen? We're, 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 we're given this scenario, this parable by Jesus. And he starts really digging into some, maybe some deep areas and some dark areas and some scary areas. And we're like, okay, I'm ready to change. And we forget who our teacher is. Okay, we, that can't be. Like we have to remember who's teaching us. Or it just becomes like, oh, I think he's angry at me. Right? Have you ever been that way? My mom and dad are angry at me. I better get over it, or I better, or I become rebellious or something like that. And we have to remember this teacher. And I think this, this is helpful here. Romans 2, verse 1. He says, Therefore, um, any of you who judges is without excuse. For when you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you, the judge, do the same things. We know that God's judgment on those who do such thing is based on the truth. Do you really think any, any one of you who judges those who do such things yet do the same, that you will escape God's judgment? So, so this is just really, he's re, not, not even reiterating, he's pre-iterating, I guess. 
the end of this chapter. But verse 4, he says, Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, his restraint, his patience? Do you not recognize God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? See, that's good news right there. All right, that's, that's me, the Pharisee, going, oh my goodness, what a mess. Who would, who, who would want to be around me? Like you come to the conclusion, you're going, oh my goodness. And our instinct, our human instinct is, okay, Jesus is mad at me. I've got to start doing good things. I've got to get out of the doghouse. I've got to just get after this, okay? And the teacher, our king, Jesus, is going, no, no, understand something is I'm extending kindness to you. You, you, mean, you mean you're going to give me some time? Yeah, 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 my patience. I, there's a purpose for my patience. There's a purpose that I don't just poof you out of existence. It's because I, here's the goal. I want to give you time to learn this and to understand this and to change the way you're thinking because the world has taught us how to think. And Jesus, I get that. I get that the world has taught you how to think, but that's why I'm teaching you. And I want you to know that I'm kind to you. And I'm patient. And, and I don't want you to, please, Jesus, this is what we're hearing in Romans. Don't take advantage of that. Don't go, oh man, see, he's not doing anything to me. I'm good. No, no, no. Take it as, oh wow, this is so great that he's being kind and patient and he's teaching me. This is a good thing, right? Philippians 2, turn on over there. Philippians chapter 2. Just taking a few little snippets here. All right, to get us an idea of going, okay, um, let's examine, let's, let's do these things, right? Um, let, let's kind of get a greater kind of idea of where I need to go. And, and he tells us something very interesting here in Philippians 2, verse 12, okay, when Paul is writing this, he says, So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. All right. You're going, Keith, that's not encouraging at all. <laughs> right. You're like, dude, check your notes. This has got to be a different chapter, right? And, and, and this, this point is there is this idea of not living in a scared way. But it's this idea of what Jesus is calling me to isn't here's a conversion experience now go and do whatever you want. It's this idea of, no, I want you to diligently each day intentionally keep your eyes focused on this relationship with me. Okay, so he's giving us this idea. Maybe that's where we have to repent. Go, man, I'm not diligent or intentional. A few other things here. Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Let's look at this. Second Peter. Again, th this is big picture. All right, this is Peter. He was with Jesus. Second Peter, chapter three, verse ten. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. 
Another, that doesn't sound very encouraging yet. Since all of these things are to be destroyed in this way, it's clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for and earnestly desire the coming of the day of God. Okay, so again, you go, well, what, what do I need to change in how I'm thinking? Is rather than thinking about what do people think of me now and how can I become secure and confident and make this persona, but this idea of going, man, here's what I can't wait for. Like my king, Jesus, to come back. He'll come back one day. And I want him to come back, and I want him, honestly, man, I want what he gave the tax collector right here. I, I want that. that. That's the Jesus I want, okay? Is I want Jesus to come back and go, you know what, dude? <laughs> you got issues, <laughs> right? You're a mess. But, man, you are faithful. Man, you diligently pursued this, all right? Because we're crazy, to think that we can get to some place at some point in time to where just Christianity is super simple. And it's just easy. Like, we get good enough. We get to a good enough place to coast. It's like, no, 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 that doesn't exist. All right? It just doesn't exist. So, you know, again, it's, 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 it's this idea of eagerly and earnestly awaiting a, a, a king to come down who's not going to grade me fairly. He's not going to grade me fairly. All right, see, see, because here's the deal. When his blood, when I'm forgiven for my sins, right, for him to say I'm okay, that's not fair to him. Right? It's, it's, and we get, we're, we get that. He's going, yeah, you want to know what? Yes, yeah, it's, it's not fair, but, that's I, but you're worth it. This is what I want. I want to love you. And as big a mess you are, but, he, but he's telling us you can't stay that way, though. Right? You can't, you can't stay that way. It, it's got to be this direction. It's got to be this devotion. It's got to be, more than anything here, it's hearing a parable and thinking, I want to be, I want to learn more about this guy who's telling the parable. Right? It, it really is so much less than trying to get this perfect answer to the parable. As much as it is, th this Jesus, the, the king, I want to get to know him because this is really interesting. If he's going to let a tax collector in before a religious guy, that's fascinating to me, right? If he's willing to look at this guy who's a mess and give him a break, that's fascinating to me. Like, I want to know more about what makes him tick, all right? And, and that's what should be going through our minds, okay? Or we can just kind of boil it down to go have a quiet time each day and pray each day and do all that, and that just gets boring. But go, no, that king, though. See, I want to learn more about him because he seems really incredible. And I want to know what else he teaches in here. And I want to know who else, you know, he's like, this is really encouraging stuff. So here's the thing. Turn over two more verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 24, um, uh, he, this, <laughs> there's two things that are extremely helpful for me. Number one is this idea of, well, three, I'll say. Is, first of all, this idea of, of a parable. I, I love that there's this like thing that we have to dig into and find an answer. I like that, okay? I, I like finding that the answer is like something really, really great. I like the idea of going, man, I really want to get to, know him more, okay? These are all things that have to be like 
stimulated inside of us, but there's something else that's vitally important. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Let's see here. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, having been captured by him to do his will. And so it's interesting. Um, there are times when we have been opponents to the gospel, all right? And we're seeing this clear, this clear teaching. He's saying, you want to know what? Uh, listen, don't get upset. Don't yell. Don't scream. Don't get angry. Don't lose your self-control. But be gentle, just like the king is. Be gentle and be kind and, and try to go, hold on a minute, let me, let me help you out here. But you want to know what? That doesn't stop happening after we become disciples. It's probably as important, if not more important, that we have this interaction. Okay, so again, when you look at this, a, a lot of times Satan can just put all these weird things in our head. Like, man, you know, Christianity is just, you got to be angry and you got to be all these things. And, and then you see this. You have to be able to teach and patient and gentle, okay? Now, now here's the thing is, don't hear me say that I'm not saying the truth doesn't need to be told. <laughs> don't hear me say that, okay? It's the truth. Believe me, we got to go, no, this is the truth of life right now. This is what God says. But we need each other to come in and be gentle and kind and patient and tell us the truth, right? And going, okay, now, now hopefully I, I want God to give you, grant you repentance. Okay, we need each other, okay? So again, what's interesting about this, it takes the concept of what we view church and quiet times away from just the thing we do into this very dynamic relationship that we have with one another, right? It, it brings us into and going, oh, I'm not just going to church. I'm not just studying my Bible. I'm enamored by this king and, and then his people. And you mean that he didn't just leave me with nothing down here. He actually left me with brothers and sisters who are gentle and kind and patient. And he's calling me to be that way and to still tell the truth. Right? How, how important is that? But I fear sometimes what happens is we can get challenged and it becomes very scary to be like honest about who I am. It becomes very scary to go, oh man, I don't like what I'm seeing here. And then avoid my brothers and sisters, right? Avoid kind of, and not maybe even avoid in person, but avoid in conversation, right? <laughs> avoid, let me just hold you back. No, 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 don't go there, right? When all along, this is, this is it, right? Last verse, first, first John chapter one. Again, I love it. John was with Jesus. He gives us this very simple idea. What do we do with this? Where do we go with this when I'm, when I'm about me being good enough and me being better than people? What, what do I do with this, right? If you want to write another one down, Psalm 139 is really great. You know, just this prayer of God, like examine me. You know everything, but look into me, right? Let me know. First John chapter 1, he says this. Okay, this is the message, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. There's no darkness in him. That's good news. 
If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in the darkness, we lie and we're not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we don't have any sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we don't have any sin, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. All right? We could paraphrase that a lot of different ways, but John going, hey, let's just be real on the outside like we are on the inside. Like that's where the money is. That's the treasure right there of going, God is light and, and, and just be real about the mess and going, okay, now there's opportunity for reconciliation and justification. Now there's the ability to do this. But where we get in trouble, he says, man, we lock up and go, no, 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 you can't see what's inside. That's where we're going to get in trouble with that.